This episode is brought to you by MBL Energy for your solar success and construction partner uh, for all commercial construction of solar. Uh, and currently my summer uh, job. So shout out to MBL. In a world where everyone is stressed out with homework and responsibilities, Brent and Jeff are here to remind you to hang loose. Remedy. I'm here with a very influential guest, uh, my father, Robert Laubach, or Buffer, Big Buff, as they call him. Buff, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Trent. This is great. Pretty fun. This is really great. Been really looking to forward to this yeah, for me, some time. Me as well. Okay. Um, Jeff is not here again. Jeff is on the other side of the country uh, in Virginia, and we are separated. So I am the solo host for the day. Um, but before we get started, um, Robert Buff, my dad, is um, actually the CEO of MBL Energy, which also happens to be our sponsor. So thank you for sponsoring me. You're welcome. What inspired you to sponsor this podcast? You just see it taken off. Well, I, you know, my hope is someday you'll be uh, independent. Mm. And I'll, <laughs> I've been sponsoring you for the past 20 years. Mm. And if this is what it takes for you to uh, launch off into adulthood um, without my sponsorship, then, you know, Boom. Boom. Well, we're taking off. You got to start somewhere. You do. Shout out to everybody in the technology world that listens to all this fun stuff. It's not technology world. Everyone listens to a podcast. You should listen to it. I listen to your podcast, but it's the first podcast I've ever listened to in my life. Really? There's a lot of good podcasts. There is. There's one guy named Joe Rogan that your your brother introduced me to, and I've listened to like half of one of his. Joe Rogan is like the most popular podcaster, so I'm glad you know who he is. Yeah, well, you're going to catch him here soon. Yeah. Hashtag move over Joe. Yeah. That's actually a thing on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's funny is you can be just as informative and influential and inspiring without dropping so many F-bombs. You know what? That's debatable, but I think it's true. Yes, it is. Um, Okay, so before we get into business and entrepreneurship and all that, uh, we'll start off with some highs and lows for the week. I can start if you want me to, unless you got them ready. Um, Are these your highs and lows or my highs and lows? Both of everyone's highs and lows. So you have highs and lows too? Yeah. Okay, I'd like to hear your highs and lows first. All right. Um, I think my high and my low is kind of part of story time also. But I think the high is that we moved this weekend. I don't know if I stole yours. Almost. Um, We're not done yet. Yeah. So my high would be that we moved houses this weekend. I, first time we've ever moved, ever. Well, in my your enti- life. In my entire life for me. So it was kind of weird. Uh, it was really weird to say goodbye to my room. Technically, we still have the house, but we'll be moved out in a couple of days. So that was cool to be able to, like, I actually saw the house for the first time last week. Because that decision was made without me here, which is sweet. Um, and I love it. It's awesome. Uh, super cool. And my low is kind of the same thing, as much as great as it is. Um, moving for five days can get a little tiring. And big buffer over here gets a little bossy and grumpy when things aren't done on time his way. <laughs> but, yes, great week. Those are my two highs and lows. Buffer. Okay, so I'll start with highs. Uh, since it was uh, uh, a week ago, uh, 
getting to go back to Virginia and see mm. uh, oh, yeah, Colby, right. your oldest brother, graduate from college. It was uh, better than I thought because I we were moving and planning to go to Colby's graduation had been in the works for a lot longer than lot way before we decided to move. I thought to myself, gosh, it would be great just to skip graduation, not have to take the whole family all the way across country. Yeah, Colby, what the heck? Dude. And uh, and the timing is really rough, and I had an awesome time. Good. It was great. Mike Pence, Vice President of the United States, was the commencement Shout speaker. Shout out Mike. He was, He's coming on the pod later. He was articulate and smart and um, inspiring and did an awesome job, and I love seeing the... Uh, Secret Service snipers on the roof of the football stadium, yeah. you know, made you That's sort of sick. America proud. Um, America so that was definitely a high. And the house we stayed at um, for the weekend that we were there was on Smith Mountain Lake. Mm. And uh, I had a blast with your youngest brother, Troy, going Troy. out uh, paddleboarding in the middle of the night looking for the blow up unicorn that we lost. That we ah, did you find it? We found it under a bush around the corner at about 11.30 at night in the dark. So that was, that was kind of fun. And then, uh, so that was my high. Okay. Um, and, uh, like, as far as uh, lows go, um, I'm a super multitasker. Mm, if I have one thing to do, I can't for the life of me get it done. If I have 12 things to do, I can get nine of them done. Mm, interesting. And... and uh, I can honestly say on Thursday, I was completely overwhelmed. Mm. I couldn't tell by all the <laughs> With the combination of moving it, closing on the new house, having to get moved out of the old house, which we still haven't done, and coming back from being gone for a couple of days with some handful of high stakes sort of business related issues that needed to be handled in real time. It, mm. it was it was it was a bit much, but God's good, yeah. and uh, you got to just keep grinding, plowing away, plowing away. But well, yeah. No so, man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is oh fit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm gonna count how many dad sayings you have during this episode. Okay, we're at one. Yep. Um, so, so don't cry that it's over. Smile, smile that, that it happened. happened. That's two for you. <laughs> okay, uh, into story time this week. Um, so you kind of already heard that we have been moving, uh, so that's been crazy. It's been super cool, um, and I'm excited to get settled and all that. Uh, story time actually happened about an hour ago. My dad doesn't know about this. So uh, I have had previous trouble with filling up vehicles. Um, when I was in high school, I filled up a truck with gasoline that was a diesel motor, and... Uh, that was rough. Um, Never let it down. It was a work truck, too. It, yeah, so that was really bad. Um, I've made a couple of really expensive mistakes in my life. I won't tell you all of them right now. You have to keep listening for yeah, that. Yeah, remember when you hit the pole in the building with yeah. the forklift? Good thing you didn't knock the whole building down. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in uh, my dad's conference room. I'm taking a break from work right now. It's not a break. I'm working, but just in a different field. Yeah, it's not on the clock, though. I don't know about that one. Um, so anyway, story time. So I'm going to fill up my dad's truck today, actually, and I was having trouble with the card, actually, but I got it to work, and I'm filling up my dad's truck, and the handle was kind of being weird, so I like I finally got it to work, 
And as I'm pumping gas, it like stops. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that was pretty fast because it pumps gas really fast at the CNN. Yes, I put diesel in your truck. Dad, chill. Okay. (laughs) I have not heard this story. And right now I'm getting sick (laughs) to my stomach. (laughs) Thinking, oh, crap. So uh, I don't have time to deal with this. No, it's not that. It's not nearly as bad. But basically the handle popped out and I was like, oh, like I don't know if it's done or not for sure. So... I kept pumping. I was like, oh, I'm going to top it off. And as I was topping it off, uh, your nozzle has like a little flip. And basically, I overfilled it and it sprayed all over me. Is that why you smell like diesel? That is why I smell like diesel. It got literally all over me. I got drenched with Well, good thing it's fuel. raining. Maybe it'll wash up. Yeah, so I stink. Off. I smell like diesel right now. Um, been working in the shop all day. Had to take a pod break. Um, but yeah, so I got, uh, at least I didn't ruin your truck. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I just got sprayed. Sometimes you got to take the hit to make the play. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Go back to hockey. Um, okay. So that was story time. I'm okay guys. Don't worry. If I get near fire, I will probably blow up, but that's okay. No, gasoline's combustible. It's Uh, diesel. Diesel doesn't burn unless it's compressed. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm chilling. Yeah, you won't catch fire. That's a fun fact. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Look at that. My first thought was I'm... If you took a can of diesel and helped, threw a match in it, it would just go out. Really? Mm-hmm. So I'm chilling. Yeah. Oh, sweet. You might want to fact check that. Uh, maybe maybe I will. Um, okay. So now story time's over. We're going to get into the juice of things. Um, my dad is um, a part of three companies. Yes? Mm-hmm. Three. Ish. Ish. Four. Depends. Do you count an LLC as a company? Yes. Yes. Okay. A handful. Yeah. LLC. Can you explain an LLC for those very, those college students who don't know what you're talking sure. about? Sure. So if you're a business major and you're in either an accounting or a business class, there are types of entities that you, in you're either incorporated as an S corp or C corp or an LLC, which is a limited liability company or a partnership or a sole proprietor. Gotcha. Um, each one of those company uh, distinctions, when you start a company and get a tax ID number and all that, you, you select how you're going to organize yourself because each of them have different tax ramifications and different um, uh, structures that protect you against liability. So, so you pick would... different types of organizations uh, based on the type of business you plan gotcha. to use it for. Gotcha. Okay, so we have MBL Energy, which we all know about. Yep. We have Legacy Roofing, mm-hmm. which you're a part of. Sure. Genesis. Yep. And what's the fourth? Uh, GBS. GBS. I've not heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Have I? Yeah, that's the entity that owns the solar systems that we operate. Ah, look at that. Yeah, and then Roger's Legacy is the entity that owns the building we mm. in. Good to know. Yeah. Did not know that. Well, for those who don't work for you and have briefly heard about MBL Energy, can you give a little, what exactly oh, is sure. MBL Energy? Yeah, absolutely. Since, uh, since we're your sponsor and everybody yep. who's listening to this is more interested in your sponsor than what you have to say. Exactly. For sure. 100%. Okay. So, um, yeah, so MBL is a uh, design, build, commercial solar contractor. And what... Our primary emphasis is in the structural and mechanical installation. So anybody who's sort of driven around and seen solar in parking lots, we build parking canopies, we build solar on rooftops, out in the fields. We don't do residential. 
So we don't do individual people's houses and we don't do what's called utility scale, which means build a giant, huge, massive solar system out in the middle of the desert and plug it into the electric grid. Right. Uh, so what we do is focused in what we call the um, CNI space or commercial industrial solar installation. Uh, specifically, I call it distributed generation. So building the solar where the power is consumed. So the solar we build is to offset the electrical consumption right. at the building or the host where it resides. Mm. So um, uh, with that comes a whole host of things. We have customers that are solar developers. What's unique about us is that we self-perform all of our work. So we don't right. hire subcontractors. We don't uh, broker deals. Um, we uh, we drive the trucks and tractors and have the guys and do all the procurement fabrication along with the engineering and design work that goes into implementing a solar system. Gotcha. There you go. There you go. So that was a long intro. That was, that was a long intro, but I like it. Um, so MBL energy wasn't around forever. Nope. Can you give me a little origin, little origin story? Yeah. Backstory. I, if, if I get nostalgic on you, um, oh, you'll boy. know where that's I expect nothing from. less. Yes. I, no, I won't, I won't, I won't deep dive too much cause we don't have forever. Um, so, uh, MBL stands for Mark and Barbara Laubach, which are my yep. father and mother. Yep. Um, uh, my mom and dad were business partners. Um, for a long time, uh, my dad, um, started out as a, um, material roofing material sales rep in 1971 mm. and uh did that and was very successful is really um pioneering that particular market and that the sale of those types of products into that customer base and and did a really good job and then after i don't know whatever it was <clears throat> a decade or two uh ended up getting into contracting uh in in, in a commercial roofing contracting company that that he was the majority partner in. He had a couple of partners. And then um, they um, joined a consolidation, meaning they sold the company to a company that was buying roofing companies to make a make a play. And this, this is this is Legacy? In, no, this is uh, Royal. Royal Roofing. And this is in okay. the, the mid, late 90s. Gotcha. About when I got out of college. So I got out of college in 95. And uh, from like 95 to 2002, I was working for my dad, which is kind of a cool story. Yep. Because I thought when I was in college that I was going to go to college. And I, when I came out, I was going to be an expert at something. Hmm. And the only thing I realized when I got done with four years of college from Santa Clara University as a business applied organizational analysis and business major was I don't know crap. <laughs> I have no idea about anything. So what I learned in college is how little I really knew. Hmm. Which is not a bad lesson to learn because hmm. in hindsight, what it gave you was context and a foundation to go learn something. Right. But anybody of your demographic that thinks that, you know, other than coming out of college is like an accountant. To, or a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. I sure hope if you're a nurse, you know how to put a <laughs> needle in someone's vein. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, oh, with, where's this go? Oh, that's the wrong end. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, point of the story was uh, that consolidation, that business venture. that, uh, And my dad was way more of an entrepreneur than I was. He's willing to take risks. Um, he held on to things loosely. Um, 
his motive was usually to see other people succeed and and that served him well um and he took big risks and had big wins and big failures and big is relative so this and is royal this is what we're still talking about yeah right yeah so so when that um when when royal joined the consolidation to try to become a, a regional or a national company didn't work out um and and so, so you guys did try to go national yeah nationwide royal did royal did well, it was going to start out as a regional consolidation and then join a bigger one, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't pan out, and gotcha. so basically, my dad lost his company, and so at that point, he had a great team, um, and that team included myself, my brother. <laughs> great team. I myself. think we were great. Uh, we worked our butts off. I mean, the bottom yeah. line is, uh, is, is what what your grandpa did was build a very loyal team, uh, because the people that worked for him knew he cared about them. And that was a foundation for their effort and hard work. Um, back then, that kind of loyalty created a team of people that were less worried about what was in it for them than what they could accomplish together. And I think that's a huge difference between managing the new and upcoming workforce that lives in this instant gratification, mm. jump around, yeah. I'm, I'm loyal to my apps more than I'm loyal to a company or a team. Yeah. I, and I'm not generalizing, I'm not saying everybody's like that. Right. But that seemed to be a more, um, a, a more common characteristic in the workforce 25 years ago than, than, than what I see today. Okay. Um, Point of the story is out of those, out of that, there became there was uh, there was seven now there's six of us that started Legacy Roofing, right on the heels. So like this is when oh one no yeah two thousand one okay two thousand one and um and at that point Paul Mark um didn't know what he was gonna do decided he didn't want to be in contracting anymore kind of was licking his wounds of of the amount of personal wear and tear the transition of that project not working out so but he also was clever enough to say you know what i i see a trend coming in uh, energy efficiency um, at the time there was title 24 stuff which is the regulations around how you build a building what right. kind of energy consumption reflectivity um, daylighting the type of skylights that are made sure. out of prisms that um you know will light up a warehouse without right. having to turn lights on and all that sort right. of stuff. So be, he went basically back to his roots of being a manufacturer's rep like he was before he got into mm -hmm. Rome and started picking up product lines that were themed around um, building envelopes and energy efficiency. And hmm. so that was skylights and white roof coatings and different things like that. And along the way, he sort of uncovered this emerging market, which was solar. So it's kind of how it started uh, totally bootstrapped. I mean, yeah. meaning he ate what he killed when it came to selling, finding, developing projects, figuring out what the value proposition was, all that sort of stuff. Um, while we sort of ran uh, Legacy and then he and I uh, did our first solar project and said, hey, I think uh, this is going somewhere. Mm. I personally had a lot of experience building stuff on roofs because I'm more of a... Uh, 
hands-on hands guy than a yeah. sales guy. Sure. And so a lot of the things I learned about building site screens, which are fences on roofs, right. um, um, uh, worked well for how to design and engineer solar attached mm. to buildings. Yeah. And so that was really what got it going, which was we knew how to build things on roofs that didn't leak. Hmm. And and so that's uh, that. The rest is history. You know, the very so, fir first job we ever did uh, was for Johnson Medical in Milpitas, and it was a thin film. And then he landed Chevron as a uh, as a as an account, and and some of the first big solar projects we built were for them. So, what year did MBL start? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. So that's pretty short. Is that right? After. Legacy or legacy started, yeah. Yeah, it was. I maybe it was two thousand three. I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's on our website. So somewhere. once you started legacy, it's like sixteen years old. Yeah, so I thought the gap was a little bigger. Yeah, no. In terms of time, mm -mm. so you started legacy, and I mean right away, MBL started. Yeah, had two kids and one on the way, and didn't. That get, was me, baby. Didn't get a paycheck for a year. Really? Mm -hmm. What year was that? Two thousand two. Really? So you just from saving up. From previous years or yeah and, and tapping into my home equity line of credit because at the time when I started legacy I was the only owner gotcha and then it wasn't until 2005 that I sold uh, ownership interest in the company to the partners but all the Dang. partners that helped us start legacy came to legacy with the expectation that they would have an ownership interest once things got stabilized gotcha so before we move on I mean, I think that, like, that's, first of all, nice work. <laughs> Second of all, um, I think, like, kind of how you hit on, like, instant, instant gratification of, like, our generation. Like, what, I mean, obviously, like, a low of, you know, sacrificing to, you know, start a company, for you, was not getting a paycheck for a year. So, like, what other, like... Let me rephrase that. What are some highs and lows of like the journey starting a company or like the journey of starting a company? Because I know that a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and hope to start an app or start a business. Um, like, can you give a general like from personal yeah. experience or whatever you know? Yeah. So um, um, some highs and lows of of the business entrepreneur part. Of yeah. That. Okay, so um, regardless of what business you're in, and most people who have an entrepreneurial spirit love the idea of creating something out of nothing. Basically taking an idea, building a business model and a budget around it, making sure that it's viable. I mean, people, value is created. Things are worth what people are willing to pay for them. So hmm. value to, it's harder than you think to add value to something. Hmm. Now understand that if you create an app, that is entertaining or functional right. or makes your life more convenient that creates value for somebody and right. in this day and age that can grow exponentially because there's a billion computer users all over the world right right so one good idea that adds some value um can take you to the moon right um obviously that platform didn't exist you know three decades ago right so most people have a passion to create something. It, 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 there's a self-gratification to the accomplishment. So let's say, for example, you're a really good middle linebacker. Mm. Um, used to be, back in the day. And you learned a lot of things about th that 
that were cool and you wanted to build a business around it. And around, around middle linebackers. I don't know. I'm making something up. Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Or, just, just, or, or let's, 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 let's pick something else. Let's just say you loved woodworking. Shout out to, to Jeff. Jeff, Jeff is a woodworker. He's a woodworking woodwork guy. And, ninja, baby. And, and there's nothing that he likes better than to mold a super sick skateboard. And he's like, I'm going to open up a business that's, that, that is custom-made skateboards. Okay? Yep. Um, he may be really good at making a skateboard. Awesome. Yep. Problem is, running a business, he will spend 20% of his time making a skateboard. And 80% of his time dealing with stuff that he had no idea he had to deal with. Hmm. Liability, insurance, making payroll, um, uh, getting reviewed financial statements, getting a bank account, having an operating line of credit. How do I insure the liability if somebody buys my skateboard and splits their head open? And is that going to create personal risk to me? There's a, it's a lot mis- of stuff for a skateboard. It it, it is, and that's just that that's not even the start of it. Okay, yeah. now I've got to learn on how do I do shipping and how do I do logistics and right. where am I going to source my material and is this going to scale and how big is it going to be and how big do I want it to be? There's a lot more that goes into um, running a business than the than the product. Right. Right. And so th- that's the biggest. Um, um, sort of reality that everybody needs to face. So Me, the reality of it's a lot of work, and, and there's a lot of variables. And you and you've that, got and and you've got to be uh, versatile. Okay. Um, or have a partner in your business where one person is the skateboard maker and one person has uh, takes the time to learn the business side of business. Hmm. What, what kind of company am I going to open? Right. Is this going to be a partnership? Is it going to be an LLC? Is it going to be a S corp or a C corp? Right. Um, you know, so paying attention. That's where I go back to the, the college stuff. They actually teach you that in accounting one, accounting two, and accounting three. And the whole time you're in that class, you're like, this is such a freaking waste of time. Hmm. Why do I have to pay attention? Why do I give a rip until you say, oh my goodness, this is... I remember being taught this. Vaguely. Vaguely. But I'll tell you, I mean, in in accounting, finance, and business management classes, mm-hmm. every single one of them taught me the time value of money. <laughs> right? right. And you went to the book and the table and you did all that sort of stuff. And then you get into the real world and you realize that time is money. And a dollar today is worth more than a dollar in a year from now. And mm-hmm. those kind of fundamental um, concepts mm-hmm. you start to see when you get to see real life application in how you make decisions then you say oh I get it now this makes sense yeah so at what point like out of college did you like come to that realization of wow you know I'm like at what point when you came out of college at what point did you start realizing, like, because I know that you said earlier that, like, college just sets you up to learn something, mm-hmm. but at what point, for the stuff that you did learn, at what point out of college did you realize, like, oh, hey, I'm using what I learned, or I'm, like, applying this, these concepts to, 
what I'm doing right now. Okay, so um, I, I would say that when, when I was your age, I was really insecure. Like I had no idea how I was ever going to make a living. And I thought, this is crazy. And then obviously, you know, your mom and I um, dated in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out mom. Shout out mom. You know, went to different colleges, but for the most part dated all the way through college. So we knew we were going to end up together. And so we got married young, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it worked out great for us. Um, and and so I thought, I, you know, I had this burden of, oh my gosh, I got to be responsible for somebody else and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, I thought to myself, hey, I got to figure this out on my own. So I went through the career service um, program at the school and got a bunch of job interviews set up my senior year and interviewed with, at the time, Viking Freight, which got bought by FedEx. And I interviewed with Blick, Blickman Turkis, which was a commercial real estate company. Yeah, but all the time during college in the summers, like you, I worked in construction mm-hmm. on the roof. Yep. And it was great because I made good money Stayed out of trouble because I was tired at seven o'clock at night because I right. get up at four in the morning, and made enough money to, to not have to work during school. Right, right. Save it up, go to school, and so I got exposed to the business. And my dad went out of his way to include me in a lot of the back end stories of what was going on in business. Mm-hmm. Um, not because he forced it on me, but I had this appetite to want to know what was going on. I was right. nosy. Yeah. Hey, what about this? What about that? What about that? And he just sort of said, "Hey, here's how it works. Here, yeah. here's how I do bonuses." And right. you know, I thought the coolest thing in the whole wide world was one one year when I was in wherever I guess high school, he brought home like like ten thousand dollars worth of hundred dollar bills, hmm. and he goes and he goes, "Okay, we're gonna give these to all the guys." And just for the record, it wasn't under the cash table. He actually paid himself, paid the taxes on it, and right. to gave gave the money to guys to tell them thank you for working hard this year because right. we were they were profitable. And and so you know that made me ask all these questions. And then so I, I told my dad, hey, I'm going to all these interviews, and we didn't have cell phones in college, right? Right. So if like you talked to your dad, you you like you had an appointment or you picked up the phone from like <laughs> that was plugged into the wall yeah. and you, and, or, and Hey dad, I'm going to call you tomorrow at two. Right. How times have changed. Yes. There, it wasn't this instant thing, which I kind of, in some ways I miss it. And so he said to me, he's like, Hey, um, you went to all these interviews. Are you going to let me interview you? And I'm like, Oh, sure. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay, well, it's not a joke. You know, um, this is a real business and it's a real job. So if if, if you want to let me interview, I'd like to interview you. So give me the resume that you gave everybody else and come to my office at this time on this date. And you better be take it as serious as you took the other one. So I got a shirt and tie on. Freaking got dressed up. Went, <laughs> went to the front, front office, asked the receptionist if I could see Mark. <laughs> sat down in there and... Uh, and so, uh, and he laid out for me what um, what opportunities there were to be part of the family business, or at that time, you know, you know what he what he was running. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, is your mom was still finishing up school in Sacramento, and Royal had a branch up in Sacramento, and so it worked out really well because I needed a job, and I was we were only going to stay in Sacramento until she was done with school, and then relocate back. So to you college. started working, not in San Jose, in Sacramento. Yeah, and that was. For a year? No, it was only years? for like four months, five months. Oh, okay. So but you were up at the Sacramento shop. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so that that's and and then once I got into it and I decided that this is what I was gonna do, and I was nervous because they put me in sales and I didn't know what I was talking about. And <laughs> I, I, I like 
I, I sold it. I got lucky on a few jobs, like in the first couple of weeks I was working in Sacramento. So I sold like three jobs. I haven't the foggiest idea how. I would have That's never, where your BSing skills. I would have never bought anything See, from I would, me. I would argue that college teaches you BSing skills. But I, Maybe. I think that that might have made you the expert at them. Contributed to that. My dad is excellent at BSing. I'll tell you that right now. He can... <laughs> I don't even know of an example. Well, I, 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 I wrap it in... A, a, that it sort of sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Mm, that's good. Um, anyway, so... Make and, it till you make it, baby. Yeah, and so uh, so that's kind of how, how I got started. And then I knew... I, I, I wasn't super smart in anything, but I was good at a lot of li- lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you know, just like you and I've talked about, sort of, I have lots of hobbies, so mm-hmm. I'm never going to... Hobbies, hobbies. Shout out this summer. Yeah. We're dropping more videos. Lots of hobbies. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, lots of hobbies. Um, and, and so that, to me, I think lent itself well to being in and part of the business. Um, I like construction. I like working with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I, I loved not being stuck in the office all the time. Mm. So in the early years in construction, you know, you're out on job walks, you're visiting customers, you're at your desk, you're moving around a lot. Yeah. And if somebody stuck me in a cubicle for more than like two days, I'd You'd die. I'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do well. Um, so anyway, so from, and, and then, then you just work. Um, there's, you know, Hey dad, how do you make a million dollars? Well, you start by making five dollars. Hmm. Yep. And, and, and you build on it. And, and one of the things that is super important, I think, is to learn from your mistakes. Lifelong learn, right? Hmm. But that's gotta be a, that's gotta be something that comes from inside you. Yeah. Cause nobody's gonna make you do anything. Right. And if you want to punch a time clock and do um, valuable work for part of a team, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the way God made me. Right. Um, and so, um, so when you screw up, fall forward, right, mm. and learn. That's good. Learn from it and get up quick. Hmm. Um, it's not whether you get knocked down; it's whether you get yeah. back up. Yeah, seven times. Party. That's my dad quote for the episode. Seven times seventy. I think that was three, maybe. Yeah. Dad quotes for you. Oh, I got, I got more. Yeah, more you got it. a bunch. Um, so um, yeah, and so and then fill a need. Um, always look for an opportunity to um, to help. Mm. I think servant leadership is huge. I don't think anybody ought to ever act like they're too good to do a task. Hmm. If there's a toilet and it needs to be clean, clean the damn toilet. (laughs) If if you clog it, unclog it. (laughs) We've had a lot of clogs. (laughs) At the Lovac house, I I wish, I sure hope all your brothers are listening to that one. So before we go on into like practical, like I know you've already given a lot of wisdom and advice, but in terms of like, I just want to hit on this one last time, like the instant gratification, like, I guess mindset, which like I see it too. And I'm, I'm guilty of it also. Um, what like, how, I don't know how to phrase this. Like people do want, I think our generation does. And I'm guilty of it also of like, I want this like now or soon, like, 
how would you say in regards of like like hard work and just like grinding it out like where does that come into play like I know people say work harder not smarter but like in terms of like no work like, smarter not harder that's what I said did oh, I not say that I thought you said harder not smarter I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> no I didn't mean that work smarter not harder at what point is it like okay not that you would ever give up but like okay I need to grind this out or like cause you know you're gonna do things that are gonna suck you know, mm-hmm. like you're gonna do things you don't like, but you know, I gotta make money. I gotta whatever. At what point do you say, okay, I I need to grind it this out, and I just need to like grind it out now? And what point is it like, okay, like I need to start like explore my other options in terms of like, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, how, you know, when do you pull the handles and say the path I'm on, I need to change? Right. Just work, continuing to work this grind out is. There's there's no end in sight, right? And, and and there's never an end in sight, but there's always options, right? Right. And so, you know, you should be evaluating. So, a couple of things, I guess, on the solar instant gratification thing, is one, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Hmm. Um, Some might and, say that's pessimistic, and but... and there are no shortcuts. Hmm. They. Um, occasionally people get blessed they're yeah. in the right place at the right time and things come together and they're the beneficiary of it that is the exception not the rule right um but I, do you think that our generation has kind of changed that into that should be the rule well no because i think so many people look at um the splash page of someone's success and think it was instant and automatic and everyone has a right to it. We live in a country where we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So everyone has the right, no, everyone has the opportunity Hmm. to pursue their dreams and goals. Right. In the post-Christian, post-modern world that we're currently living in, Mm -hmm. um, we are reaping the rewards of Judeo-Christian biblical morality hmm. from our prior generations. Our current generations are abandoning that because they don't see the value that that represents, right. in, in my opinion. And it won't be them that pays the consequence. It'll be their kids. Hmm. So, you know, um, Bible so reference... Saying- um, there were generations in the Old Testament that specifically say, for David's sake or for your grandfather's sake, you were blessed. Right. But it, you didn't earn that on your own. Right. I feel like I, I, I've been blessed by those that came before us. Mm-hmm. And I think what I would hate to see happen is that curse is an aggressive word, but um, that we don't take on the responsibility of blessing those that come after us. Hmm. Um, and that, I think that that, like, a lesson there is that, like, your actions, I mean, usually they can be, like, negative or positive affect other people. Yep. And even, like, your long-term, you so know, So, shortcuts, there aren't any, right? And so when you say grind it out, a couple of things that I've watched. I've watched most people that have long-term success, peace in their life, good healthy relationships are faithful and consistent 
they're not too high with the highs, they're not too low with the lows, and they have a humility about them hmm. that makes them successful. The hmm. egocentric maniac is, you know, makes your head spin and is, is exhausting uh, to me because it's all me, 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 my, my, my. They're, I think the millennials get a bit of a bad rap because what they're faulted for is wanting to have immediate impact. Are you talking about millennials or Gen Z? Because I don't know the difference. Okay, so millennials are... Yeah, tell me the difference. No, I'm Generation Z. Everyone in college right now is Generation Z. Millennials, like, are a few years older. So they're, like, you just... You, you're Generation X, because I learned about this in all my classes. <laughs> millennials are under you, so they're... I'm X? You're Gen X. I am. You're not a millennial. And my, my parents were baby boomers. Yes. And so, I'm an X? So millennial is basically... Why didn't the, they start at A? They did a long time ago. I don't know. I mean, why they started X? We're almost out no, of the No, they're the generation after us. Is, is there X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I don't know. I think I forgot. It's Generation Alpha. They're restarting. Who's Alpha? Are you an Alpha? No, Alpha's going to be my kids. Oh, sweet. Yep, Alpha. Dude, I think Alpha's Chase, your brother. No, he's not. Chase, is, Chase and Troy are, are all millennials. Or, I mean, are Gen Z. Sorry. Gen Z. I, me, all your sons are Gen Z. Okay. It goes up to, like, end of college, like, roughly. So millennials are the generation between us. So okay. is that who you're talking about or you're talking about our generation? Well, I'm just telling you right now, this podcast is really helping us old guys. Because when I say the next generation, it's anybody under the age of 35. Sure. Well, yeah. And I think that's where like millennials are-ish. So, so I'm going to go back to the point. Is um, the whole stereotyping, instant gratification, short attention span, look a shiny thing. Um, it. There's some truth to that, but I also think they'd be at a bit of a bad rap because um, if you want to make a difference mm -hmm. and you're so anxious to make a difference that you're a fart on a hot griddle and you don't stay in one spot long enough to see the to see that circle or um, that's just a part of maturing. It's the maturation process. Sure. Because I'd rather you be hyperactively motivated to do a good job than indifferent right hmm. i mean so karen yeah so let me ask you a question you ask me a question okay. i thought i was asking you the questions what's the opposite of love what's hate. the ant is, is that what you think it is opposite of love uh-huh i would say is hate yes okay that's your answer is that the wrong answer well i would submit to you that the opposite of love is indifference hmm so if if you hate you're passionate against something. If you love, you're passionate for something. Okay, sure. Uh, so if love is unselfish passion for something, then not caring is worse than hating in some cases. Hmm. Um, wow, and, that's and, and so profound. The, and going back to this generate workforce generational conversation is I'd rather you care than have an entitlement mentality that I'm going to sit around and wait for somebody else to um, take care of me because it's it's too I'm too important to give a rip. Hmm. So if I were to and give the opposite of that would be the humility aspect that you talked about those that you have seen. I mean, I, I would say that you are one also, but like those who you have worked with, like 
in terms of in the world's eyes like success um one of the attributes that they have that you said earlier was humility Mm -hmm. and that's the opposite what you're talking about right now yeah that's interesting it is and it uh, it's not by accident it's there are there are there are absolute truths in life. Hmm. There is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Not every, everything is not relative. If you don't have a amen to that. Abs- and and so, regardless of your generation, mm-hmm. there are certain things that don't change. You know, gravity doesn't change. Rocks don't float. Right. <laughs> two plus two is four. <laughs> okay, it you know it it's the way it is, and the principles of life and business and morality and success um, manifest themselves in a billion different ways in a limitless combination. Hmm. But but there are certain uh, foundational building blocks that don't change. Can you give me an example? Uh, your character word. I okay. tell you I'm going to do something. Hmm. Yes, be yes, and your no, be no. And I'll give you, I mean, I'll, and this sounds silly to your entrepreneurs out there. You know, want to know that what will differentiate you and your business from anyone else's? Hmm. It's real complicated. Do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, with the right attitude, and return your phone calls. <laughs> I'm really bad at returning. No, if you do those things, you will be, no matter what business you're in, you will be in the top 5% of those really? of the businesses. So you confidently can say that? Confidently can say that. Wow. A difference between a satisfied customer and a dissatisfied customer, no matter what the interest is, is whether you're responsive. Hmm. Wow. That might not and have it, been it sounds so stupidly simple. Yeah. And it makes the, it's those kind of things that make the biggest impact. Why is Love Chick-fil-A... It. And In N Out Burger, so much more successful. Our East Coasters it. don't know what In N Out is, or I mean, I think you guys know what it is, but well, I didn't know Chick Fil A existed until you know ten years ago or so. And once it did, it changed my life, especially yep. when they opened one near. Well, why is that? As you were saying, because their employees say thank you. Really? Yeah. If you look, Google it online. It's in all the business like. Like whatever they call them, your sources, baby. Business uh, Insider. No, how about you, you go to that LinkedIn thing? I got one of those. I don't really know how to <laughs> that work it. LinkedIn thing. Yeah, that's well, cool. I mean, because you can follow these feeds in your industry, and it's a super quick way to stay up on trends. Yeah. Anyway, there's social media. There's a couple you, of dude. them out there, and it, and it, and and they they literally have said, like, objectively. That what differentiates those two chains is their um, training their employees to have pleasant attitudes. And that's they, crazy. They do it based on two simple words: please and thank you. And that goes into the character. Yep. That you just said. Yeah, and if you look up the history of where those companies came from and their founders, their founders both um, 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 subscribed to a worldview that was. Um, that revolved around biblical truths. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't think that's an accident. Nope, it's not. Wow. It's not. Um, so, like you said, shortcuts, there is no such thing. Yep. Uh, what? Okay, so now that we've kind of gotten that, 
I know you have already given advice, but for those who are the entrepreneur, who are in college, um, and want to start their own business, what are some practical, I know you already have given some, Mm -hmm. but if there's anything else, some practical advice of like, hey, I'm in entrepreneurship, I'm in business, like, I'm graduating in two years, I'm, I'm graduating in two years, you know, like, what is a practical piece of advice you can give those future entrepreneurs who are listening? What, what are you again, Gen what? I'm Gen Z. Gen Z. Uh, <laughs> would you define entrepreneurship as starting a business? Not at, all. No, not at all. Because I, I think it's more of a spirit. I think it's a mentality. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I didn't. Uh, you can be incredibly entrepreneurial and say to yourself, you know what? I don't want all the baggage that goes with starting and owning my own business. I want to I want to work for a team of people that allows us to be entrepreneurial. I had a meeting with a, a new hire uh, um, this this morning that we hired specifically to be a program manager for um, our um, some of our new initiatives and and smart young guy I said to him hey this is a blank canvas in terms of how you want to set up this um, program and I'll give you as much structure and direction as you want or as much liberty to create it and he has the benefit of the corporate structure around him and but the liberty to to to, to create and make it his own mm. without the huge financial risk right so entre- i like what i'm glad you agreed with the notion that I, I think all of us have a level of entrepreneur stuff in us because i think it, i think it's part of who we are as humans right right that the desire to create, the desire to influence and impact. And, and to love and have purpose and right. all of that sort of stuff. So if somebody's listening, figure out what your entrepreneurial spirit is and then apply it to the yeah. opportunities that, that yeah, present, pre- them. present themselves hmm. and then do it fervently. So big advice, develop smart habits. Hmm. Because you said it. No matter what job you have, there will always be an element of your job that you don't love. Sure. Um, and if you're seeking to someday find a job where there's where you love everything about it, right? Then you, you will find that when you die. <laughs> Until then, it doesn't exist. Period. End it's of story. The truth. If the truth hurts, yeah. And and so. Learn to make the most out of it or to figure it out. Opportunistic. Um, you have an uncle, uh, Jake, who's yep. probably one of the most entrepreneurial spirited guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to have Jake on you the should have him man. on the podcast because he'll have, he'll have much more to say. Sacramento. Yeah. Jake, we're coming for you, baby. Yeah. But uh, he has a dry erase board in his office at his house. And on it, it says... Uh, when you know that something needs to be done and you don't feel like doing it, do it anyway, right? I think that's a great theme to the reality is just sort of deal with it. Um, but advice, good habits. Good habits. Um, develop them. Stick with them. I mean, it, it, it's necessary in health, weight, food and eating, 
You're talking about like weight, like body weight? Body weight. Just, just... In all areas of life. On all areas of life. Well, I've had cheeseburgers and pizza the past week. Yeah. So, So, yeah, but you've been, you've been helping move. So you've been sweating. Right. But everything, so if you can get into moderation and you can say, look, I'm going to purposely have some quiet time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, no matter how. Be intentional with your actions. Exactly. Mm. And write it down. Make a list. Make a list. <laughs> make a list. Make, uh, make a list. If you really want to get really creative, do block schedule. What's that? Um, I had block schedule in high school, but well, same concept. But the whole idea is um, when you write out a list, um, not every task on your list takes the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Organize them by time, or aren't as easy. Mm-hmm. And so our human nature is to write out the list, do all the easy things. And the things that take a lot of work or are uncomfortable or take lots of iterations mm-hmm. to, to, to get to the final product or mm-hmm. to be able to check it off. Rather than do that, figure out how much time each of them, each of them are going to take and commit and organize yourself to, um, to put the time in um, to, to make it fit. Because hmm. I can send 13 quick emails of information that need to go out. And if all 13 of those are on my list, I feel really... Um, accomplished accomplished but i have a presentation in maryland in two and a half weeks it's going to take me some time to get prepared right. for and if i wait till the last minute i won't have enough time to do you actually it. have a presentation in maryland yeah maryland the state yes when june 10th oh good for you thank you <laughs> nice good luck with that thanks um so we're kind of wrapping up here yep um i appreciate you giving some insight mm-hmm. i think that that was some great wisdom Thanks. and some advice. Um, I know that this and is, I'm not try- I wasn't trying to sound luxury. No, I was not just at all. To make no, I wanted conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, I know that being a CEO can be stressful, and this is a question we ask all our guests. How do you hang loose? How do you relax? How do you unwind um, and hang loose, as we like to call it? Um, From all of that, how do you? How do you hang loose? Okay, so I love the mountains. You know mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, so if I could be on a mountain where no cell phone works, <laughs> um, I'd be really happy um, in the snow. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's kind of that's kind of one of my um, happy my, places. It, one of my happy places, and I love my family. So you know, even though I oftentimes are crack the whip. Oh yeah, uh, he was cracking it this weekend. I, I, I really I really do uh, enjoy um, our you know being in the company of yeah. our family, right? And uh, projects. Yeah, I, I would have said projects. Project and and if I can go into the garage and putter around on doing a project that takes my mind off of sort of everything <laughs> else. Yeah. Um. It it's a huge relief for me. So I, I if, if I could hang loose and. And you know, build something in the garage or have some country music on. Have, have some country music on. Although uh, Troy is the non-country music brother, and mm-hmm. has gotten me back to my 1980s uh, classic rock, classic rock there roots. There you go, dude. Troy, <laughs> and he, and the fact that he's he's, he's 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 ripping a Van Halen song on the guitar, dude. Kind of really, if that floats my boat. I love it. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. If you guys haven't yet subscribed uh, to the channel please subscribe leave a comment uh, you can shoot Jeff or I an email about questions or things you want to see or hear 
Um, but yeah, that was hanging with a CEO, my my father, Robert Wabach. You have any final words for the audience? No, I, I'm proud of you guys. I'm glad you're doing this in the midst of all your other uh, obligations and responsibilities. Like Anchor Bolts, which I'm going to go back to doing right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, list, lot, lots to look forward to. I'm pretty Perfect. pumped to see what else is going to come out of the uh, hanging with Trent and Jeff podcast. Exactly. Hashtag move over Joe. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode of Hanging Loose. Don't forget to subscribe, check out next week's episode, and as always, hang loose, baby.